This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Amanda Celine Miller, the voice of Boruto and Sailor Jupiter, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games, come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from and luckily there's a show called talk time we've been waiting for this for a long time dax kicks the facts on all the geek news special guests and unbiased reviews suburban kids the hipster street dudes all can learn something new me too i heard worse when no faith is empty i stayed the course though my haters tempt me beat the podcast that'll make them envy it ain't too trendy it's acmg anime comics movies and games come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games that come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games that come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games that come on and let's get it talk time Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. We are back, and I hope everybody that is listening right now and everybody around the world, of course, had at least a great morning, if not on top of a great week. Uh, We got a lot of news to talk about today in the world of our favorite fandoms, and in our talk topic today, I'm going to talk about an anime that I got a chance to see in preparation for a video game that's coming out later on this month. I believe the 29th, if I'm correct. And that is, yeah, the Friday the 29th. I believe that is the release date for that game. And that is none other than Dragon Quest, The Adventures of Die, or it's called Infinity Slash, I believe the game is called, but it's based on the first half of the actual anime series and manga. So, for anybody who's ever played Dragon Quest game, it's a game that's been out since the Nintendo era. Um, it's, you know, been out as for as long as Final Fantasy has been out. It's a project that, you know, Enix, at, now known as Square Enix, and uh, Akira Toriyama, if you guys know from Dragon Ball fame and his legendary status, he also worked on a video game called Dragon uh, Quest. And in America, it was once known as Dragon Warrior. In fact, there was an anime that came out way back in the day, like in the late 80s. It, it actually aired in America, but it, it aired in America unbeknownst to us that we knew it as anime. It was a cartoon back in the day, but the term anime wasn't even around when that show came out. The term anime started being adopted in America in the late 90s. I'm sorry, the early 80s to the um, to. Yeah, uh, late 80s to the early 90s, I should say. And 
we didn't realize what we had, what treasure we had in that show. That show was awesome. Um, it was a show that came on and they actually canceled it and left us with a cliffhanger. I'm pretty sure it finished in Japan, but we never got to see how the show ended. And so and a lot of people who watched it really got into it because of the story, the character development, everything. I actually just posted the very first episode of Dragon Warrior on our ACMG Facebook group because there are some people who didn't know it existed. And everybody thought that Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z was the first site of, a, of an Akira Toriyama project. No, it wasn't. Um, yeah, Dragon Ball came out first in America and it aired like annually, you know, as a as a TV special. But, and again, before we ever used the term anime or Japanimation, mind you, it was just a cartoon that we'd ever know it was from Japan at the time. Um, we just know it was a really cool looking cartoon that everybody wanted to watch. And it, it would come on every year. Dragon Warrior would do the same thing. And it, you started looking at it it's like, this actually looks like that Dragon Ball show that we see every year. Um, that Dragon Ball cartoon that we see every year. So, they would bring out this show and it was so awesome. It was so fantastic. Um, loved the artwork, loved the Kira Toriyama's work in this at the time. And we got so into it and then they just cut it off. And we never knew, known the, we never saw the climax of this show ever. Uh, I don't even know if it exists cause it was English dubbed. And it was one of the first really good English dubbed animes out there. Cause if you guys recall, for those who are old enough to watch anime back then, the voice acting wasn't that good and, and 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 the voice direction wasn't as good because they didn't really take it seriously they didn't really respect the culture like they do now and this is why some people claim that they don't like dub right now but basically i believe that it's based on the calamity that was like 89 90 91 and 92 and all this stuff and anime voice acting didn't get really good up until like Dragon Ball Z and you know Ramna one half and all those other ones like it, it started getting better and better and by the time Naruto came out that's when it all starts to come together and you started realizing that they're getting it now ADR became a thing and it allowed them to you know create words and lines that respected the original content and original uh and, and original storyline but also make it work for american audience and localize it for american audience to be able to enjoy having yet creating the same narrative so they've done a lot of work in terms of you know trying to make sure that everything works out now so um but back then it wasn't like that but dragon warrior was one of the really good animes out there and one of the rare animes out there that had good storytelling great acting uh and voice portrayals and whatnot and it was a lot of fun like i highly recommend going out there to check it out you can find somebody actually has you know posted episodes of dragon warrior out there you can find it yeah i highly recommend checking it out but the adventures of die dragon quest the adventures of die is an anime i've been waiting to check out for quite some time but you know, I just, when it comes, I, 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 if I can, I'll watch a sub, but I have to sit down and literally watch to read because I don't, unlike other pretentious people who, you know, claim to love the, you know, the subs better. It's just, you'd like reading. You don't 
you don't it, it, without the without the subtitles you wouldn't know what the hell they were saying or you just even more you wouldn't even know how good the act or bad the acting is like so it's like how do you like the subs you just you like font you like words you don't necessarily like the voices because like you don't know whether the voices are good or not so how do you claim that it's better than dub I, I never understood like somebody who doesn't have a lick of education in terms of knowing fluid Japanese or even elementary Japanese to that matter is going to tell you that dubs is better than subs you have no idea whether that's the case because you're not fluent in Japanese you just like the actual way that they speak in a manner and I get it it sounds pretty cool from a step, but it's like somebody in Japan actually can uh, can tell you that like, yeah, it's not. We don't really like the way that they sound in Japan. You know, I, and I, I actually had a guest on a while back and I'm looking up now. Cause I, funny thing, I actually just looked up. Um, I just looked up uh, Skype. So I used to do all my interviews on Skype and I looked at the list of all the people that I've interviewed, which you kind of hear in the liners that, you know, happen here, like God, Bob Camp, Morgan Berry, Mike Moe, Stephanie Shea, Kyle Aber, TC Carson, um, just a bunch of people. I looked at this and I was like, I flashbacked in all the years that I've actually done this show and talked to people. My man, Matt, my, uh, Matt Papa, who lives in Japan, who could possibly tell you whether anime is actually good or not. He's from Philly, but he actually moved to Japan to work for, um, you know, game companies up there. And he's been up there long enough to probably be able to, you know, speak fluent Japanese at this point. So he probably would know exactly how that goes. But um, I had a I had a guest on a while back, I think in 2020, he Oki, and she went by the name of Tokyo Rose and on the show. And we were talking about the idea of Japanese, um, you know, subs or Japanese, um, you know, Japanese dubbing being better than actual dubs. She who watches both and doesn't need subtitles to watch it said that in her, in her own words that she prefers some dubs over um, the subs because some of the subs don't even sound good. So I hate it. I hate it when people like, do that it bothers me like you have this person who lives in japan who lived in japan who is from japan tell you that she prefers the english sean shimmel over some of the other voices in japan and other dubs because it, it just it, she she enjoys it better and there's so she said she oh she said herself in the interview and i gotta if it's still there just go on to talktimelive.com type in tokyo rose it might come up in fact let me check right now see if it actually comes up on there because it's been a while and i might have to find it tokyo rose see what happens here oh yeah yep here it is it is go on to talk time live you can type in tokyo rose or type in episode 235 it's called anime otaku academia and i'm on here with her and we're talking about uh you know this whole entire situation about the difference of you know understanding what you know what is better between subs and dubs and why the argument is preposterous in a lot of ways so go out of your way check that out but 
I tend to enjoy the dubs. I, I mostly because I interview a lot of these guys and I learn from these guys and I respect their hard work that they put in. And it amazes me too. Like I'll give Yuri Longfell a big example here because you could say that you hate the dub, the dub sound. Like he plays Sasuke on Naruto. So let me use him as an example. You're going to say you hate dubs. And somebody would say they hate the dubs on Naruto. They hate the dubs on, you know, on Sasuke. But then you play Spider-Man. <laughs> You'd be like, I love the performance of Peter Parker. Guess what, people? It's the same person. <laughs> That's the kind of conversations we would get on here. It's like ridiculous. Um, but nonetheless, you know, we're going to talk about why you need to check out this anime, Dragon Quest, The Adventures of Die. I watched all 100 episodes and I'll give you my thoughts. It's it's more good than bad, but like in preparation of the actual anime, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, the video game that's coming out, which I believe is on the 29th, uh, we, I decided to want to watch this because now Hulu has the exclusivity to play the dub uh, series on there. So I was like, oh, I'm jumping on this because I'm thinking like, okay, the game has, you know, English dubbing on there. Does this mean that there's English dubbing on the series? So I checked, I looked it up and lo and behold, in July, the English dub version came out on Hulu. And I was like, oh, I'm fully watching this. And there are a hundred episodes there. I watched all hundred episodes and I'm gonna tell you why you need to check this out. So we're gonna talk about all that and much, much more, but Let's not, before we even do that, before I even cut to the other segment, got a reminder, yesterday was Batman day. And let me tell you, yesterday was just, my Facebook notification was blowing up like crazy because there are a bunch of different memories that I got from this day. Like this is another one of those situations where every, every, every milestone that I had or every great memory that I had fall, fell under the same day for some reason. Uh, one, it was the day I believe that, uh, we were at Keystone comic-con and Megan Rand was performing on stage on live on stage. And, you know, I love that because I had a hand in him performing here in Philadelphia and coming to Philly and getting that, you know, paid eight for that. Um, also we, uh, got Molly to be a part of that weekend as well. So, um, it was like a really, really awesome awesome situation by the way molly is coming to new york comic-con i i found that out from the app and i contacted her and i was like yo you coming to new york you know i'm gonna be there right yeah we, we we're going foodie hunting <laughs> Again, so uh we got the perfect place that we're gonna take her uh to so um yeah the bill's on us this time she's looked out for us more than our fair share so um but nonetheless um we're you know it's uh we're definitely gonna do that but batman day was a great day in that weekend because we got a chance to check out kevin conroy and we were at a press interview an exclusive press interview with him and it's available on talktimelive.com right now i highly recommend i put it out on threads right now um just yesterday and uh you know the late great kevin conroy the, what I now call him the goth, the Gotham goat, the greatest of all time in Gotham, man, is like the definitive voice of Bruce Wayne and Batman and the definitive actor for that role as well. 
he will he is so dearly missed right now and you got a chance to check him out i it's like one of the it's the two best things i've ever filmed was that with him and god i love it because i got to joke around with him just for a short bit you can see it in uh in the actual clip in the uh video where it's like he's like so what do, what do we want to do and i was like we can go clubbing dude if anybody you want to be your wingman it's kevin Calvary. <laughs> so okay um but then we got into some really great conversations and you know people got to you know ask him questions and everything it was just a very awesome intimate setting thanks to repop for making that happen it was just fantastic it was repop's first hooray into philadelphia with keystone comic-con and it seemed like everything was going to go really well especially 2019 because i end up you know doing it. i was going to do it again for 2020 but we know what happened in 2020 so there's that um but here we are we you know it's batman day again and like go out of your way go to talktimelive.com it's on there enjoy it it's awesome like i said the second best thing i filmed the other one would be the kevin um the uh peter cullen panel that i did uh just i get i got so many well-received comments about that video and how i filmed that and as well as the uh kevin um the kevin Conroy one too so go out of your way check it out especially if you're a huge batman fan who's not in this case so there you have it folks all right that's all we got for now let's not waste any time let's find out what's new in the world of acmg and now it's time to find out what's new in the world of acmg So we will start with the announcement of Marvel Avengers selling for only $3.99. Yes, the video game that we uh, talked about a lot in the course of three years is finally coming to an end. And they are selling it for a very, very, very low price. And let me tell you why that is a great thing right now. Square Enix will be closing shop on all of the storefronts on every platform on the failed game based on a beloved Marvel comic superhero group. They announced that the full game will sell for only $3.99 until September 29th on Steam, I believe September 27th on Xbox, and I guessing the same thing for PlayStation as well, uh, which will be taken off all storefront platforms permanently. The game will include all characters, expansions, cosmetic, uh, a lot of cosmetic skins, tons, uh, I'm sorry, taunts and other content once sold in the marketplace. The value of all of that, if you remember us talking about that, I did an entire episode going back, uh, an actual special, you could go on talktimelive.com and you know to go back in that. I believe that the value of all of the content that they were trying to sell to everybody came to the amount of over $3,000. If you were to buy every single DLC content that they provided on air, it roughly estimated an amount of over $3,000. Marvel Avengers was released in 2020 with very disappointing reviews due to its rush launch, which resulted in a lot of glitches, bugs, and crashes in the beginning of the game's release. It also suffered from repetitive gameplay experience with their multiplayer options, leaving fans with less to desire. 
This game, along with Cyberpunk 2077, was considered the worst games of 2020, which sparked a huge conversation about game developers rushing to release games under the pressure of shareholders wanting them to make an early cash in. However, notably, Cyberpunk 2077 received the most flack due to its major marketing and promotion uh, promotion of the game that promised to provide a new level of experience in the appearance of Keanu Reeves as uh, playing the role of Johnny Silverhand. Fans became more aware of this and began to voice their frustration concerns about this on social media. Of course, you would think that companies would learn to learn their lessons from 2020, but we're finding more companies still conducting this practice and bringing out games before they're fully ready to be released with the idea of tweaking the, tweaking it along the way and creating patches for it along the way. All the more hoping that gamers wouldn't notice or care enough to make mention of it at all. Unfortunately, it doesn't work as fans notice a lot and pay more attention to what goes on more than ever nowadays. There, I, I, I do appreciate that. I do see that, that there are a lot more fans that are putting aside their fandom in front of their consumerism. I Look, we're all fans of this. I say this all the time. It's great to be a fan of this, but you got to be a fan second and a consumer first. And like, if there's a Dragon Ball game, is there a Street Fighter game coming out? I'm a fan of Street Fighter. I want to invest in it, but is it going to be good? And if it's good, I will be happy. If not, I will be unhappy. If I take, if I bought a physical, I would take it back. Um, or if it's digital, I might not like it. I may delete it. I may not want to invest in that company again because of how bad they did the first time. So there's that. But in this case, it's like, why are these, why are, we saw what happened with this and why is this still happening? Why are we still going through these companies who decide that let's just put it out now. We're going to put out a patch. We'll take the flack and everything will be okay by then. It doesn't always happen that way. And especially WB games, who was the publisher of cyberpunk 2077. You would think that they learned their lesson from doing this. No, because there's another game that just recently did that. And we're going to segue right into the next subject, which is, which leads to why Mortal Kombat one on the Nintendo switch is getting a great change. Now, if you guys remember, gave the game, I calculated the game to what is a, what became a, a, a minus, I believe, but man, upon playing this and I'm looking at the, uh, let's see this right now, see what happens here. In fact, no, let's go here. Um, yeah, I, upon playing the game after I did the select start podcast and kind of praising it, but kind of not praising it at the same time. It, you know, things happen. So no more than an hour after finishing the Select Star podcast, I came across a, a crash. My first crash during the tower uh, mode. And it's something that I've not experienced yet. I didn't experience it to their credit. I didn't experience it during the, the story campaign, which you would think you would because of everything that was going on in that story mode. I mean, it, especially near the end, it was just too, so much craziness going on 
in the story mode and the interchangeable things that was going on you would have thought that it would have done that like this this mortal Kombat was a very ambitious mortal Kombat, and i commend them on trying to be do something different but this seemed to be very ambitious and risk-taking especially on the nintendo switch and we're seeing the results of that right now with hopes that they will actually fix this and i, I really do believe they have the intention of doing so whether they will be able to execute it that's a whole other thing so that issue in addition to other issues has led to me downgrading my score from my review of mortal kombat 1 this week now my graphic score because i i said in the beginning it looked really good the lighting and shadowing and all the stuff looked great and you know you go in certain areas in certain areas it looks good but there's some inconsistencies here um it looks good here if you go to the what is it the um the page with the customization page and you look at the models the models looks actually really good and very well detailed but then when you play the game and you actually play a match it looks different from there there's inconsistency there's some matches in games where some of the characters look good and some of them don't there's hair missing there's things missing from there there's stuff happening there's things pulling and stretching where they should be pulling and stretching so i had to go down from a 75 to a 65 on uh visual presentation fun factor has been downgraded to 80 percent play uh, replay value down to 85 percent leaving it to believe it or not still on the b plus and possibly because i did enjoy a lot of the other aspects and there is something there's much to enjoy about this game it's even on a switch the problem is there's a lot of things hindering it from being what it possibly could or is on the playstation version but i'm hearing the playstation and xbox versions have a little bit of hiccups too the video stuttering is plays another factor into the um what video stuttering is what nether realm is calling it by the way i didn't know what to call that but video stuttering is what they prefer it is basically if you're playing if you played the early access version it's when the transition from it's the transition from match to cutscene so it kind of takes away the mystique of the, the fluidity and you know because normally on another round fighting game it was seamlessly go from match to cutscene but now there's this video stuttering that is happening which kind of distorts the situation when you transition and it kind of takes you out of it takes you out of the uh the experience the other thing that takes you out of experience is the loading issue that the nintendo switch has and it's not something that anybody's used to like loading screens on a like we haven't seen loading screens on a mortal kombat game since the playstation 3 maybe or playstation 2 whatever the last like armageddon was playing you know that's the last time we ever played that so it's like okay now we're, this is a playstation 3 level mortal kombat on a higher system and it's funny because i look at this and the, how this looks visually and i'm looking at I played AEW Fight Forever, and I know people are probably tired of me bringing that up, but that game, in comparison to this, that game looks so great. And honestly, it looks really good because they did. AEW Games did put out a patch that kind of made the Switch version look 
as if not just as good um as the other ones in the other games so there's a lot more detail and you know layering to it on that one but it looks that game looks way better than this and that is saying something right there so hopefully we will get a patch for that in that case but we had to downgrade the game this will remain these this grade will remain until we see many issues that plague this game be troubleshooted and resolved this reminds me and the reason why i love doing the grading system for this is that if you ever been in everybody's been in school but if you've ever been a you know a teacher in school or college or whatever like that and you're grading somebody's progress and you see something that happens like this and you're saying like okay i just discovered something here i'm gonna have to change this grade be, until this is fixed so some teachers will give you a chance to redeem yourself here and once if you if you are able to improve on what you've done your grade is going to curve higher if not it's going to go lower so if this game does not improve on what it does my replay value is going to go down even further my fun factor is going to go down even further as well as everything everything else in here it's like it, it's it's just going to be i mean well the actor performances won't the gameplay won't because the gameplay actually still really is solid the gameplay is probably the most solid thing here right now the sound of music is good although there is some audio issues with it you know right now so that kind of plays in um the audio syncing aspect of it is so stuff like that still remains but a lot of things will start to go down even further if not and i can't speak for the again playstation 5 version because i haven't played that yet because I'm, I'm getting the standard version which is going to release on tuesday hopefully giving them enough chance to patch whatever it is that one need to be patched up and so there's some people who actually said they're enjoying the playstation version and the xbox version there are other people who found some things that are not pc people are having some issues with it as well but pc always have issues with these games i'm sorry it just does so it is what it is um and it might not be all the pc's fault rather than the people who are putting together the pcs too i mean i i should say that you know not everybody is equipped to knowing how to put together a pc properly and make sure everything works and it's that's why i don't prefer doing pc because it's too it's way too complex if you got a system that already is built to make things easier for you in that sense console baby again it's like ah oh god I, that's a whole nother thing nonetheless while the game over game overall is good and potentially can be great on the handheld it suffers from many issues including video stuttering like i mentioned uh in between matches and cutscenes, the clipping issues the low long loading times glitches that show characters clothing warp during gameplay heads floating during uppercut brutalities inconsistencies in the visuals of the characters and presentation and that's just probably i like I'm, 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 I try, I'm look. I look at my switch and I'm, I, I just, I try to play it, but I'm like, if I play it, I'm going to be disappointed right now because I know it's not going to give me exactly the type of feel like what I got from MK 11 at this time. I'm just going to hold out until we see a patch and then go see the patch and, and see what they did with the patch and see how it looks better. I mean, visually it just. Uh, it, it's so inconsistent 
<laughs> it's just sadly inconsistent. When I did my review on the Switch, I, I said I was surprised um, that I surprisingly didn't see anyone talk about or mention the issues in the game uh, that the game had. <laughs> that people were more supportive of Nether Realm because of it. <laughs> yeah, that didn't last long because the mob on time, that train came just in time, was quick to let Nether Realm know the minute that they mentioned of them working on the issue. The minute that they posted a new post, oh, Wu-Tang Killer Bees was on a swarm <laughs> on this, man. Um, many expressed their disappointment with screen caps, photos, and comments of what they were experiencing. Like It was like a support group <laughs> at this point. Not only on the Switch, but also PC and, play, and PS5 and Xbox versions as well. I have... Uh, now... I, found, I find it funny. Two things. One is that there were people talking about they didn't like the cameo. They didn't like the cameo fighter issue. And they want, you know, it, there was one goof. I don't know who this, of course, he was hitting behind a picture of a account or whatever like that. He actually commented said, um, take out the cameo fighters or we won't play. And a whole flock of people were just uh, like got in and was like, who does we? Who, do, who are you speaking for, bruh? <laughs> like, like who are you? Like he 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 thought that he, his comment was going to lead a charge. It led nothing. Okay, but I will say this about the cameo fighter system. IGN went on when they reviewed it. I don't know what kid. Yes, and I'm going to say it. I don't know what kid wrote that review. Obviously, it was a kid who never played fighting games in the past whatever kid wrote that it's not even kind of being condescending i'm probably being correct whatever kid wrote that 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 article that review totally wrong he called the cameo fighter system a game changer maybe in terms of mortal Kombat, but not in terms of fighting games like he spoke of it as if it was the first of its kind. Extremely untrue. There was a game for most fighting game fans out there, my age, my demographic. There is a game created by a game series, I should add, created by um, SNK, Neo Geo, if you will, called King of Fighters. And in 2000, their 2000 game, that game started in 90, 1994. And they did win 2000. So 20 years ago, 23 years ago, I'm sorry. They came out with King of Fighters 2000. And you know what they had in there? They had something called the striking system. The, I'm sorry, the striker system, I should, I should say. The striker system. What other way to put it? It's the cameo fighter system. It is exactly the same thing. The difference was, is that in this one, this was a, this is a three man, like a, a six man elimination. You know, like a six man, it's not, I can't say six man tag, but it's a six man elimination uh, tournament, pretty much. So basically what it is, King of Fighters 
you know, Marvel Marvel has always had the versus series would had the tag feature in here. King of Fighters had it differently, whereas the, their rule set was like it, it's pretty much a round, almost like a round robin type of thing, whereas like it's an elimination. You got to eliminate all three of the fighters in order to win a match. So in 2000, they wanted to change it up. They added a fourth person to it, but the fourth person wouldn't be fighting. The fourth person was used as what is called a striker. And it was, an, it was the ability to, you know, uh, uh, to command this striker to come out in, in case of, you know, a combo being put in. It's supposed to, you know, counter, it's supposed to help counter the situation and change the momentum of the situation, which is exactly what the cameo fighter system is. You're using cameo fighters to help you, you know, help along, you know, to create more combos, to add more to it, to help you out in a bind. It's nothing new. There is no nuance to the cameo fighter. It is taken from SNK. I don't even know if the people in NetherRealm were aware of this. I, I have to believe they have because a lot of the things that we see in past games were taken from other things. They did combat Tetris or they called it something else, but it was, a, it was basically Dr. Mario and their version of Dr. Mario to that extent, or no, it was, it, no, I'm sorry. It was combat. Um, it was a puzzle fighter or whatever like that. It was their version of a uh, puzzle fighter. So they took from that. They also have taken from, uh, what is the other one? Uh, recently the, the invasions is basically Mario party. I've mentioned that before. Um, there was another one that they did that they took from, uh, another game too, but they do, they are aware they, they, some of the things that they do in, in their Mortal Kombat games have been taken from other, you know, other elements. They're not original. And this is no different. This is basically, for, and I, I have to reason to believe that they have to know that whether or they were intended to take this from the idea from, from uh, SNK's King of Fighters, you know, 2000. So this is one of those situations like you're gonna review a game at least do your research to some extent. Like this has been, if if you're a true fighting game fan, you've seen this before. You've seen this before. Like you, this is nothing new. This is nothing new at all. This is one of the things that bothers people about, you know, IGNs and the game spots and all this stuff. By the way, GameSpot gave Osaka, uh, Asuka like a two out of 10. <laughs> the same people who gave Resident Evil on Netflix a nine. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> so, I mean, there you have it right there, but just to let people know, like, yeah, that cameo fighter is great. It's a great addition, but it's not an original thing. Go, you can go Nintendo switch, PlayStation, Xbox. They all have King of fighters, 2000 or you can buy it for like five 99 or whatever like that. Play it. The striker deal is the same, ex literally the same exact thing. Random people come out, help you uh, in your in your fight. It's basically what the cameo system is. I'm just saying that. Hopefully, we will see a patch soon and before the official release of the game on Tuesday, especially for the Switch, which needs a major overhaul. I'm talking like maybe 
a gig or two worth of patching to do in that game because and, and getting please get rid of the loading please get rid get rid of the loading or make downsize the amount of time that loading is but just the idea that the loading deal is there that's a big downfall like i'd rather play mortal kombat 11 on air mortal kombat 11 is a much better enjoyable fluid stable game i will say this too that mortal kombat 11 did have some hiccups in the beginning of that on a switch um it did have that video stuttering for a second but didn't they did improve on it so it does play even better than it did before it kind of looks better and it just flows better um i'm hoping because of how well that they did i think people there are people who are going to give them a little bit more of a chance because of how nether realm has never done this before this is a rarity even if you go back to mortal kombat 9 on a ps vita injustice uh on a ps vita none of them had this issue none of them had those issues it was a great port for a handheld both of them had and you know it, it was it's just surprising that this would happen you know i wouldn't be as excited as i was going in all this time and hype because if not for my experiences with the previous games so this was this was completely taken by surprise here i'm sure i'm not the only one so we'll see but we'll be reporting back because i'm saying it now this week on select start and i'll be repeated again at the end this week on select start i'm gonna give my opinion on who i thought did it best street fighter 6 portal combat 1. you know i've said that this game had the means to the throne street fighter pending any issues and now this this changed the game here because i don't know man I haven't played the PS5 yet, so I can't make any decisions yet, but I just know from start to finish, my Street Fighter 6 experience was just fun from, from the jump. So I don't know, man. We'll, we'll see about that. We will see. All right, let's move on to some other awesome news here. One Piece on Netflix renewed for a second season. A video featuring what appears to be One Piece creator Ichiro Oda with his face blocked i heard this is something that he does all the time with that ha his face blocked with a manga drawing of a fish in the in his office drawing something in in his uh drafting table in his drawing table he's talking to us on a snail phone as he announces the success of the well-received first season after thanking fans he announced that netflix has signed off on a second season of the show he ends the video with an illustration of Chopper indicating that we will see him in season two. Oh boy, they're going to have to spend a lot of money on that one. <laughs> That's going to be all CGI right there. That is all CGI. I can't wait to see what they do with Chopper. I think they're going to do it justice. They got to. I don't think we're going to need... I hope we don't see like a... Make the same mistake that... Um, what is this? Uh, from Transformers um what's his name i don't hope that they i hope that they don't make the same mistake michael bay i hope they don't do the michael bay thing and just try to make it their own vision of what chopper looks like try to make this cat look as close to the anime as possible while still trying to bring some realism to it because it's it just it's gonna it's that's gonna play a factor in people's fandom 
and whether they will fully support this or not. That's a huge deal. Good luck. I think they're going to do it because they did so well in the first one. And the whole first season was basically we need to give the fans what they want and what they love. And they did exactly that. Lead by example, everybody else. Do exactly that. Do what they did and do what Marvel did too. So I love it. The show has achieved record setting viewership, beating out some of the Titans that have come before it, including Luke Cage, Stranger Things, and recently Wednesday. So that spoke that speaks volumes if this an anime, mind you, has been able to outdo all of these other projects. It's awesome. So kudos to them. Everybody involved. It's been fantastic. Don't expect to see this anytime soon because of the strike. <laughs> That's all I'm saying from there. But it's just great to see that these guys are lock stocked and barreled on that case. So all right. I want to get my thoughts on what GameSpot considers a two out of a 10 series. And that is Asuka episode five into, uh, titled Sh uh, Shadow Warrior. This was a fantastic episode, even for people like myself who never really watched Rebels or even finished watching the uh, Clone Wars. I watched enough to know exactly recognize certain things about it and certain things that Anakin was wearing or whatever. This was, uh, this was just great. This episode was a complete love letter to fans of the series. And it is rewarded with about a half hour of nostalgia as Asuka flashbacks with Anakin, as they revisit their times during the clone wars. So now we're get to see a live action version of clone wars with Anakin calling her sips with him wearing the iconic outfits that they wore from the series. Uh, just fantastic. Seeing some really cool things that we got to see in, in, in the animated series is awesome. This was an episode that allowed Asuka to come to terms with a lot of which she was uh, a lot of anguish and resentment that she had towards leaving Anakin in a Jedi console. So we got to see some resolution towards that in the first half hour. And the second half hour is basically, um, her going out to find Ren and, and, uh, Ezra and, uh, you know, and Elsbeth, um, and, and the others as well. So this was really, really a great episode. It was a lot of fun. If you, I, I imagine if you're a star Wars rebels or a star Wars clone Wars fan, this episode had to do it for you. Remember they actually filmed this. They actually put this in theaters. It was worth it. Like this wasn't like the humans <laughs> when they put that in theaters. This was a fully well done episode. Well worthy. It was, you know, the budget was high for this. Um, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, they did a great, great job on this at all. Both of them, the chemistry between Asuka and, um, uh, Rosario Dawson and Hayden Christensen. It was just great. It, it really, you weren't looking at two actors. You were looking at those characters and they really, envisioned those characters perfectly so i i'm so glad that hayden christian is back because all the stuff that he went through during the process of the three first films and all the flack that that those films have gotten mostly the first two like uh attack of the clones and, and episode one got more flack revenge of the sith is probably liked way more than um every than more people have admitted to but like those other two was just like, people were feeling it. Clone Wars really saved Attack of the Clones, um, to be honest. But then Revenge of the Sith really brought it home to a point that I was like, 
they should have just came out with Revenge of the Sith and just made that episode what one <laughs> at, at that point. The other two was just not really worth going to do. So that is that, and uh, I liked, I loved it, I loved it. And as I, I need people to do one thing for me, mostly all you Star Wars fans out there, your hardcore Star Wars fans who watch everything, who covers everything, who plays everything, regardless, I'm gonna need you to stop with your imperialism, if you will, <laughs> your superiority complex, if you will, your elitism towards your fandom in this case. And I'm saying this because there are people who claim, who make it seem like you have to watch Rebels in order to understand this. You have to watch Clone Wars in order to understand or in order to enjoy this. You do freaking not. They made this, you dorks. So specifically, so those who have not watched that, like me, can still enjoy this, but also possibly be interested to watching it which is exactly what they have done after reading some of the comments of these things. I myself have become more invested into this, to backstories of all of these characters that are based on these other um, animated series. I did not need to enjoy this. I could have just watched it and still not watched that and still enjoy what I watched. Because yeah, they make reference of it, but it's not extremely deep into it, but you can watch it and say like, okay, I like what I watched here. I'm gonna continue to invest there. They have to. They have to make it appealing for casual fans as well as hardcore fans. You just can't just do it for that because you're going to lose a lot of people. And they didn't. That's just fact. So I don't understand this notion because it's, it's, God, it's, I could go really deep and, and, and really, I could go raw on this right now on my platform on how I feel about certain people and how they, and certain dorky people and how they act. I'm not. I'm gonna be nice. It's Sunday. It's all good. Y'all, y'all, y'all get off with a pass. Dorks. But nonetheless, yeah, man. Everybody can enjoy Asuka. It's been awesome. Rosario Dawson has been fantastic. Hayden Christensen, you know, coming in here for whatever time that he's in here, just brilliantly done. Um, Dave Filoni, you've you've been a great thing for this franchise, along with John Favreau. Just. The best thing that happened in the uh, Star Wars franchise forever because those th first two episodes almost killed the franchise, in my opinion. Damn near killed it. It, it. it took the momentum down of everybody loving that and the special edition versions people didn't like either. But it really, when, when episode one and episode, especially episode two came out, it really downsided a lot of fans that really enjoyed it throughout the years. They're more hardcore, they're less hardcore fans than there were casual fans. And the casual fans kind of fell off of Star Wars for a long time. Up until, you know, some of the animated series has come out and and some of the newer stuff came out. And then when uh Dave Filoni really kicked in with the animated series, people started coming back a bit. Um and Disney and John Favreau coming in. I'm sorry, John Favreau played a big factor in here. He helped to revitalize this franchise just like he did the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And with Dave Filoni, those two are a great combination for this. And Star Wars has been better than ever. Thanks to things like The Mandalorian and now Asuka and Obi-Wan and all these other, you know, deals um, that have been coming out. And it's just been great. I've been enjoying it a lot. So. 
looking forward to seeing what happens next on this show and how when the hell we're going to see ezra because they're teasing that hard they're so teasing that hard right now so we'll see all right i think this is the last yep this is the last thing i want to talk about and that is my thoughts on aquaman and the lost kingdom they finally came out with this trailer we finally got to see this this thing for the first time we get our eyes on it what was said to or rumored to be lost in some ways um we see author now as a father taking care of his son while also taking over the king as king of atlantis black manta is back thank goodness because he was like one of the best things about the first movie i really enjoyed it um and he is out searching once again to seek revenge on aquaman who killed his father in the first movie we uh he will do so finding the dark trident one that can rival aquaman's trident uh to help aquaman defeat black manta he seeks the help of his brother orm played by patrick wilson from the watchman as you all know um we also see aquaman's mother atlanta uh atlanta atlana i believe played by nicole kidman who i i could be wrong i gotta watch the first movie again but i thought she died in the first movie I, I, I really got to watch it again. It's been a long time. And for those wondering if Amber Heard is in this movie, yes, she still is in this movie. She was, you, you can see a glimpse of her in the movie. She's absolutely in here. So I guess they didn't want to over, you know, bring her in and just show her. But like they, you know, they, I think they filmed it so much to the point that they had to keep her in. She's in the film. Um, but here's the thing, I, to be honest, I don't think folks even cares about the situation with her and her former husband johnny depp at this point i don't think they ever really cared i think it's just fans people in us it is in our country in this world have a tendency to focus on so many other people's lives but their own and displace all their frustration and anger onto other people they don't know and then all of a sudden, because we live in a short intention society, they forget all about it and move on to the next thing to be angry about or passionate about. It's we live in a very cultivating society right now, man. It is, it's crazy. Some of the things that we put so much energy in is so crazy. It is so crazy and pointless. I, I, I'm interested in how it's going to be like 10, 20 years from now, like when I'm like almost 70 or whatever like that, God forbid if I ever, if I lived that long, how society is going to be, how things are going to change from this point. Are we going to learn from these situations or is it just going to keep getting worse? Are we going to keep getting even more simplistic minded, if you will? Like, I want us to get back to an age where we actually read thoroughly, where we did research, where we discover, where we learn, where we become. I feel like it's just that whole thing is deteriorating like slowly but surely and just the art of just the philosophy of everything is just dying it just that's the, that you know discovery of everything is just dying and the focus is wrong just just the way i see it but it is what it is i don't think she's i think people are going to just you know deal with it like she's in it she's in it i don't think like she's moved on johnny's moved on everybody's moved on it is what it is expect to see this movie december 20th i am actually interested this this movie looked fun it looks interesting it looks i like i did like the first movie so 
I'm interested. I'm looking forward to it. I'll, I'll be going to check it out myself. So folks, that will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break, come back, and I will talk about Dragon Quest, The Adventures of Die, and why you need to check it out, especially if you're going to buy the game coming later this month. And we'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more more on TalkTimeLive.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan. This is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait! Folks, we're back with our talk topic of the week, and this is my take, my look at a series that I watched from literally start from finish, all 100 episodes of Dragon Quest, The Adventures of Die. I wanted to, I've always wanted to watch this anime, as I mentioned in the beginning of the show, um, but it was, I never had the time to just sit and watch because it was on, you know, it was a sub all the time, so which means I would have to pay attention directly to the subtitling in order to get the idea of what they were saying and what's going on in the story. But nonetheless, the game, Infinity Streth, I don't know how to pronounce this. It's T-R-S-T-R, it's trash with an S in the front. So it's Stresh, and I guess, basically. So Dragon Quest Adventures of Die Infinity Stresh is coming out September 28th, not the 29th, as I mentioned, the 28th, which is great because that is a Thursday. And that gets me started to uh, playing the game steadfast. So it's coming out on the 28th. And before I got a chance to play this game, because I always wanted to watch this. I knew there was an anime out. I knew it was a manga out. I first got my first glimpse of uh, Die back in the, uh, what is the game? Jump Force. The sadly aforementioned Jump Force. Uh, another game that was rushed out that was a total disaster to be honest like that game should have been much better than what it turned out to be and they tried to i honestly i i love bandai namco but they were wrong for coming out with this game the way that they did it was a total cash grab they tried to do the same they were the first ones to do the bis the, the, the pay model that marvel avengers tried to do shortly after but failed to do because we've already dealt with this before but that game was the first game to try to just it had a story mode but it won't like it won't allow you to replay the story mode and then its focus was for you to only play the multiplayer mode but the multiplayer mode much like marvel avengers like sucked 
so and then they won't let you replay and the only way you can replay the game on jump the story mode on jump force is to delete all of your data completely making you grind all over again in this game and it's like it's not worth this game was not worth i, I spent the full hundred dollar bundle pack for this thinking that we were getting going to get a even better experience than we did with um j star victory versus plus which honestly i think they should still port onto the nintendo switch it's a great game i still have it for the playstation it, it's a very fun super smash brothers style game with all anime characters in it and their follow-up to that was jump force and it had even more characters that it didn't have before and in j star including die and it's the first time I got to see him and I really researched him and figured out that he was a part of the Dragon Quest uh, series and whatnot. And Dragon Quest is based on a time honored JRPG game that started way back in the Nintendo era and has grown exponentially. It was, you know, part one of the creators of Dragon Quest is Akira Toriyama of Dragon Ball fame. So this was one of his other projects. If you go look back even to this day, like still his influence in the dragon quest games is still there his art style is still there his art style is even on this as well um even though it there's there's slight uh there's slight entry you know uh, how can i say this um it's drawn by somebody else but there's some heavy influence of his art style in here um uh, in the game so i want to see who's the artist author is rico sanjo of the manga but the artist i had him on here let me see if i can look artist artist artist, artist. illustrated yes koji anata is the actual artist for the deal but there's within his art style within his character direction and character design he does draw characters that seemingly looks like the toriyama style of characters that we're used to so all throughout the anime you will see certain characters certain familiar tropes of dragon quest that resemble that of akira toriyama's art style in here i guess to pay homage to him because he was one of the guys behind the original concepts of the dragon uh quest games all through out gaming and whatnot um but then they go the actual characters look like traditional old, like i love it because it looks traditional old school anime characters at that so i like the mixture of art styles in this game and in the anime and the manga as well and that drew me in a lot plus i'm one of those people who watched the original dragon warriors uh anime back in the day and i told you about that at the beginning of the show so I was more than in to see how they would be able to do that and because i was taken away i was stripped of seeing any ending of the dragon warrior uh anime from back in the day i'm like okay this i gotta make up for this and what i loved about this is that this has every bit of the charm that the original dragon well warrior game uh cartoon or anime had um with the exception i actually honestly say what you will i do love the art style here i do love the character design here but nothing beats uh akira toriyama and if you watch the original dragon warrior again if you're listening from the acmg facebook group i posted the very first episode of dragon warrior on air that you could watch on air uh, i'm planning to possibly post more of that on there but there's a lot of episodes so i don't know how many of those i'll do but 
it's just to get you started. And, you know, there were people in our Facebook group. There was somebody in our Facebook group who really is an avid anime fan and a Super Sentai fan and didn't even know that this existed, that Akira Toriyama actually worked on something else other than Dr. Slump or, you know, Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball GT or whatnot, so forth and so on. Like that there was other project out there that he worked on. Yes, he was behind Dragon Quest. You know, he's one of the creators behind Dragon Quest and this was no different. So this one is interesting because, you know, a whole new direction here, but still sort of kind of the same premise. So before the game come out, came out and I found out that there was going to be English dub in the game, I decided to watch all 100 episodes on Hulu because they offered the English dub exclusively there. And I will say this. I love this anime. I love this freaking anime. By the end of the hundred episodes, it had me. There are, there, all right. This wasn't perfect. This wasn't a perfect show. And this actually, this show actually exposed something that I didn't really pay attention to that a lot of us don't pay attention to when watching anime. But we'll talk about that in a minute. But from start to finish, I got into it. I got into the characters and then the character direction and then the chemistry between the characters and then some of the connections in terms of romantic connections between some of them. And there's a lot of twists and turns in here and some surprises. And what I loved about the anime from start to finish is that there are so many moments in this anime that they know how to pull your proverbial heartstrings. And I was, there were times where certain characters rather got on my nerves and I got really passionate about, and I would almost to the point of wanting to yell at the screen at certain characters that I, well, we'll talk about in here. Now I won't spoil any major things that happen because there's a lot of major thing moments that happen here, but get you to understand why you may want to invest in this before you get the actual game, or if you don't, or why you should probably get the game and invest in this and like this game there's a reason why like when when jump force came out jump force much like super smash brothers consists of some of the greatest characters ever in the shonen jump magazine die is a part of that as he's in the same realm as goku and uh ichigo and uh ideku and you know uh naruto and all those guys like he's in that realm they're all a part of the Shonen Jump group. And Dragon Quest, The Adventures of Die is a Shonen Jump product, um, which is why I'm very excited that they're coming out with a game and that is being developed by um, Square Enix as well. This is a Square Enix game, and which I thought this was gonna be like another uh, Cyber Connect 2 game, you know, from the guys who made um, Ultimate Ninja Storm and uh, Dragon Ball and all that stuff. No, this is... Um, this is actually them putting this together, which I'm really excited because, you know, they know how to do, they absolutely know how to do um, action role-playing games. We've seen what happened with Final Fantasy and, you know, stuff like that of a reason. So I'm excited. I'm very excited about this. It looks awesome. And it looks actually exactly, not only exactly like the, the actual um, anime, but it's, look it's probably gonna look better in terms of the animation and certain scenes certain scenes replay in, in anime form i just 
played um, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot again and played the 23rd uh, World Tournament. And like there, those pivotal moments that we saw in the original anime being, you know, reprised in video game form looks so much better on the video game than it does in anime. It just looks awesome. So I'm really excited about seeing this. But let's talk about the story of this first and get you to understand. Um, I'm reading right off of the uh, the basis of this right off of the Square Enix site where they're talking about it. So if you could, you want to go to dragonquest.square-enix-games.com uh, or go into Google and type in Dragon Quest Infinity uh, Strash or if Dragon Quest The Adventures of Die. The game site will come up there and you can check it out there. But the legend, the legendary Dragon Quest adventure of Dai manga and anime arrives in an exhilarating action RPG. So this is the story that they're giving from here. It has been many years now since the hero restored peace to the land in a world tormented by the for, uh, forces of evil. A swordsman and his companion set out to defeat Hadler, the Dark Lord on a isolated island in the store in the southern seas a boy named died lives among uh monsters yearning to become a hero himself someday everything changes when the dark lord and in the dark army for that matter uh is revived with a new crisis facing the world die makes his promise to his mentor um encounters new friends and slowly learns his own and inescapable fate this is the beginning of the die adventure and his quest to become a true hero in the anime his grandfather just happens to be a monster he was raised by monsters um his father and mother were at this time not around and unknown to him as to who they are so he was always raised in an island full of monsters who raised him and in particular his grandfather was this i guess slump of rock that talked and walked and, and taught him and he wanted to originally teach him to be a mage um which is basically a sorcerer to that extent but die always in his heart of hearts felt like he wanted to be a, a hero something happened in a sense where it led to him one, becoming that hero and there it was i mean he was a young boy at the time and wanted to become a hero something that he always wanted even though he did also wanted to honor his grandfather the rock not Dwayne Johnson, <laughs> the the actual slump of rock that raised him, um, you know, it basically in his, you know, Brass was the name of the shaman. He basically was a shaman uh, named Brass. And when the incident happened in the island, he, you know, and Dai was ready to defend. And he was also, you know, introduced by other characters like Pop, who was also a sage or a mage, I should say, not a sage, a mage um, that was destined to help, you know, defeat the dark uh, army and the dark lord as well. These guys decided to jump into an adventure and it just started from there where they went on this adventure and meeting other people like Ma'am, who is kind of, Ma'am, she heard really, like the names in here are really kind of quirky and kooky, like, when they every it's hard for them to say die without saying like somebody's gonna die because anime says it all the time but they really did a good job not even saying the actual word die like diy die uh in this anime so without saying you know mixing his name with the other one so good on the writing team for that um pop 
is an admirer of the hero Avon and, and, and one of the, uh, you know, students or disciples of him as well. And he became his apprentice to train as his mage. He uh, gets carried away every once in a while. This is the character. Pop is the character that I like and both hate at the same time. There are going to be parts of this series where Pop is going to, you know, you're going to cheer for a Pop and you're going to curse Pop out because he is kind of the bitch of the, of the, uh, of the group. <laughs> there are times he just he has self-confidence issues and so he's very insecure at times where you don't need to be you should not be insecure and, and uh confident like he it just it gets overbearingly annoying every so often but then there are times he would just turn it right around and you're like folly get a backbone for god's sake and he does so it goes like just when you think that it's not he it goes back and forth back and forth and start questioning himself every time it, it's it's he's a whirlwind of a person i should say but then he come across the two of them come across ma'am who is the female protagonist in this group um think of her as sakura from naruto oh for a lot of reasons she can also be you know compared to boma as well and in, in some ways too but more sakura than boma she uh, she defends uh, she's also one of the disciples of Avon, uh, as well. And she, unlike the other ones have a little bit different. She went on a different path than the others and became a martial artist in here. Well, so you, so you're going to see evolution. Mike, there's a, when we talk about Akira Toriyama, one of the things that, that you'll know about Akira Toriyama, especially when it pertains to Dragon Ball and the whole Dragon Ball series in general is that. He's all about evolution and he's one of the original writers and creators of a intellectual property, especially one that's based on animation that really focus on evolving the characters. We see Goku from, a, from a kid to an adult as a result, like I was just talking about the 23, um, the 23rd world tournament where we finally see the teenage Goku as opposed to the little kid Goku who beat King Piccolo and journey with Bulma all through the path of, you know, the red ribbon army. We're seeing the same thing here too, where like these guys are constantly evolving. They becoming more powerful. They're finding, um, more powerful weapons to help them along the way to defeat even more powerful enemies. And we see that with all of them, but no more than ma'am because ma'am spell a M a M a a M of course. Um, you know, she has gifts of a mage, but also she and uses a magic bullet gun as well. But in hindsight of this, she then trains to become a, mar a really powerful martial artist because she's the strongest of all the characters in the game. Um, and she becomes a, a different type of character from that point on along the way, her and pop like pops hate pop doesn't like her first but then he starts to see a kinder side of her but also starts noticing how hot she is so this leads on to something going in, down the line now, and it doesn't end there like there like i said there are twists turns and triangles in this story in this journey that all these people are going to and die's not out of the picture either because there's somebody 
that that has a interest with die as well in here too that comes along then it is Hyunko, one of the weirdest names to ever call anybody in anime period and one of the hardest names to really you know pronounce it's pronounced h-y-u-n-c-k-e-l i've never heard anybody named Hyunko before it's like you're mixing you're mixing a japanese name with urkel it's what it just sounds like it sounds like the the hybrid of that but Hyunko is one of the undead legions the six uh legionnaires of of headlers uh dark um army at first but you know consider him the vegeta of both i would say he's both vegeta and piccolo at the same time you know he's that character I'll, much like dragon ball you will find a lot of enemies in this series it's like they're gonna go one or one way or the other they're gonna they're gonna be defeated or they're going to be allegiant with each other so it's there's a lot of twisted turns here who who does too i'll leave that for you to check out because i'm not spoiling anything here but if you watch dragon ball there's a lot of dragon there's not a lot but there's a strong essence of the dragon ball vibe in this series so if you like dragon ball you're gonna like drag you're gonna like this dragon quest series because there's a lot of tropes of dragon ball and dragon ball z and all that stuff that happens on here just like it does there but under a different setting under a different vibe with different characters um and some twists and turns you don't see in dragon ball either so but these are the main four characters in here and there are other characters as well like the princess and uh some of the enemies that you'll come across as well in here this series i'm telling you i watched every single one and they were it, it just really got me it drew me in and then they were like i'm gonna i said before there were some parts of this anime that exposed some things about anime that i just didn't really focus on up until now and maybe it's because i binged but i binged other anime before but it just never it never stood out more than it did with this uh series one of the things and i joked about this on the acmg facebook group this week was the idea that dialogue takes so long to you know happen before something really occurs i'm watching this i'm watching some of the stuff here and there are times when they're having so much conversation and dialogue that it feels like time stops and like for case in point like when they actually they're in a dire situation like a a, a near-death situation and they're having this conversation here and they're talking and they're talking and i'm like how much time does it take for the for a person to die under circumstances like they're in like in the real world they would not have this much time to have this much they had full-on conversations like having like some of their ability like, like it was almost like the power of conversation helped prolong their lives and slow down their deaths because <laughs> the game it's like they're in a ring of fire and the ring of fire is coming closer and closer and closer and they're having all these deep conversations and complex conversations about what they have done what they could have done and then all of a sudden they come up with an idea 
to how they can say i'm like oh my god i would never be able to have this much time to have this conversation because i would have been dead by now they would have these conversations with their enemies to the point that i'm like if i'm the enemy let them keep talking i'm just gonna strike them while they're talking and it'll be it but no the antagonists in these animes are so arrogant that they just let them talk period i'm like no nah, i need to get rid of you now <laughs> so and then it, i this happens to countless animes but it just stood out more and more with this one for some reason there were times i'm like will you just get it done already <laughs> like some of the things there are some dialogue moments that i think is like they need to just speed it up let's let's keep this going let's let's keep this going here you know but after that it's like there's some really good moments there's some moments that you're going to be cheering because there's going to be some evolutionary moments that like much if you like the evolution of goku when he becomes super saiyan or a variation of a super saiyan you're gonna like what's gonna happen in this in a series there's gonna be a lot to cheer about there, there's a lot of great fun characters to be had there's a lot of romantic moments some love triangle moments it's there's just gonna be in there and you're gonna love it um i highly recommend you going out of your way to check it out and you know even though they do talk in paragraphs a lot in during their pending doom to prolong their death which i think is more of an ability than anything um it's still a hell of a lot to enjoy a hell of a lot to enjoy uh it's like i said it's on hulu it's on crunchyroll too but exclusively in english hulu has the rights right now and if you have hulu and i guess the premium version of hulu i guess you can watch it there in its entirety in english or in subs if you prefer that if you like reading text on top of japanese dub that you, uh you don't understand you can watch it there as well so it's anything for everybody but i highly recommend you go check it out before going out of your way to check out the game which is coming out september 28th from square enix it is infinity stress um if i'm saying that right with the lips <laughs> and uh the game looks awesome because mostly because the damn anime is overall awesome like dialogue aside this to me if i if i'm to give this a grade because this wasn't really intended to be a review of the actual series but i am i did watch it i did give my thoughts on it so why not this is a, i give this a solid a a solid a long dialogue moments aside this is a very very fun awesome uh epic anime oh god and might i say the final fight at the end is going to be awesome like it's not goku versus jiren level but they do put it all oh i, I would say here's my here's my only i guess my only negative to this the art style the the art direction and animation art style in the beginning of the series is kind of hit or miss but by the other half of the series like from 50 to 100 the anime the art style looks a lot crisp a lot better it, it, like the, for, the closer they get to the end the better look the better it looks so trust me by the end it's going to be a really really epic deal um like i said it's not goku versus jiren but it's on that path it's at that level i would say i'll give it like maybe 
Fatal Fury, the motion picture level. You know, Terry Bogart versus I forgot the uh, the main bad guy that they were facing in the, in the Fatal Fury movie. But um, yeah, it's it's pretty epic for the, for what it's worth. Um, yeah, it's worth checking out. But go out anyway, check out the uh, anime on Hulu or Crunchyroll or whatever. It's on there. And uh, the game comes out uh, September 28th. I can't wait. I'm going to definitely review that. It's coming out next week. I already pre-ordered it, so it should be all ready to go. And uh, man, I'm ready. I'm ready. So go out anyway, check it out. Folks, that will do it for this edition of Talk Time Live. I hope you guys enjoyed this and every show that we have, which you can check out all on TalkTimeLive.com. All of our audio episodes, including this one, our video exclusives are on there. Our video, when I say video exclusives, that's our exclusive videos with some of your favorite anime actors or actors in general, um, music performers, game developers, whatnot. We had a lot of people on this show and a lot of people that will be on this show coming soon. That is including Amanda C. Miller, the voice of Baruto, who will be returning this fall right about the time the new Naruto versus or Naruto cross Baruto ultimate Ninja storm connections come out. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what she's been up to and all the traveling she's been doing, going back to cons and everything. Um, we're going to talk about it all. We're going to have a lot of fun. She's always great to have on the show. So I can't wait to have her back. Um, we are going to, you know, have as many people as possible. I'm going back to New York comic con is counting down. We're just almost more than uh, a month away. From that so stay tuned here's the deal when i leave to go to new york i am going to do some rewind episodes i'm going to post some old interviews that i didn't realize that's not even on this new platform if you guys remember i left um i left one platform to move on to another and moved all my content there not all the content made it there so some of it got cut off and when i did the transferring for some reason and unfortunately not all of it there but the most important ones that I did get back was the all the interviews the all the interviews mattered so I have all the interviews but I just realized that some of the interviews aren't up the interviews like what TC Carson like these are like first generation interviews when I had an actual group of people co-star you know co-hosting the shows with me so you'll be hearing them <laughs> and all them there I'm gonna you know put that up um Bob Camp the host uh the co-creator of Ren Stimpy we talked with him tc carson the original voice of kratos gonna post that up too um stephanie shea the full interview of stephanie shea that i had uh when she first came on the who's the voice of uh Odehime from bleach and um sailor moon you know i'm gonna put that up as well especially now because it's really relevant considering that the uh writers and actors strike is up right now we talked a lot about the strike that was before that that they were fighting for and technically still fighting for now so we got that going on uh, yeah, I got a bunch of them I'm gonna post up while I'm gone for that week so you guys can have something to check out and listen to and um, enjoy because when I come back, I will be talking about everything that has happened and there's going to be a major, major panel for Dragon Ball at New York Comic Con at their Empire Stage. Empire Stage is the biggest stage. It's their Hall H. If anybody's been to the San Diego Comic Con, you know Hall H is the biggest hall there. The equivalent to that for New York Comic Con is Empire Stage, which means they're doing a Dragon Ball deal there and they're making, they're claiming to make some surprise announcements and appearances there. For that to be an Empire Stage is a major deal. Remember, this is the stage 
where the first Super Mario trailer for the Super Mario Brothers movie was played. This is where we got to see Jet Black make an appearance on stage. This is where we got that cool ass t-shirt that I still have. Um, <laughs> that I'm going to wear when I go there, you know, for that day. So I don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be huge because New York Comic Con is trying to make light of the situation that is going on with the writer strike and trying to, you know, do the best they can to bring on the quality of show that they've always put on. And I think they're going to do it. I think this is going to be the biggest show of the year um, in spite of everything that's going on with the strike right now. And they, I think they got the momentum going for them because they are still getting able to get celebrities to be in these panels, to be in these events and all these things. They're just going to work around the situation a bit. So, which is great. But that Dragon Ball panel expects some big news coming from there because it could be a new movie. It could be some, a new series. It could be something. And whoever's appearing, it might be big. It could be the Japanese voice of Goku. It could be Akira Toriyama himself. So stay tuned i am going to be there front and center getting pictures getting everything of this i cannot wait i got my press badge i'm ready to rock it ready to roll it let's hit it so stay tuned for that much more but we will have content and and uh rewind episodes for you on that week so stay tuned for that if you are fans of podcasts and you listen to podcasts on all your platforms where everywhere where podcasts are played that is including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cash, you name it, we are there. You can check us out, keep us supporting and keep us going and growing. Let everybody know where you can find this place. This is a beautifully Black-owned um, platform here <laughs> that celebrates all fandoms for uh, for all of you out here. So, like, you know, keep us going and keep us growing out there because we're just specks of pepper in a sea of salt. We need to keep we need to keep it spicy. <laughs> in these in these uh industries up here so let's keep it going thank you guys again and that'll do it for me on behalf of myself this is dax avery just i saying learn to let go live life love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out here take care and you guys have a great healthy hearty week take care Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.